Welcome to Frog Talk, the podcast that's not necessarily about frogs, but more about gaming and gaming culture. My name is Chris, also known as Frog or the Frog Soul. And with me again, I have my co-host, Seth, also known as Sparktear. Hey! And unfortunately, this week, uh, Richie couldn't be here. It's his birthday, so he's doing birthday things. But we have a special guest this week, uh, my good childhood friend, Alex Reinhardt. Hey, hey. Awesome. So this week, is we're going to be talking about um, a very special project Alex is working on called Squid Inc. And also discussing uh, gamer um, culture and stigmas about being gamers in, in society. So we'll start off with, how's everyone's week been? I'm Seth? good. Yeah, yeah, just blends in with all the others, right? <laughs> Alex? Uh, yeah, been had a pretty fun-filled weekend, doing a little bit of writing for the project. Um, got out, got some Mexican food, so that's always good, some tacos. <laughs> um, I missed out on pizza this week, so that was a bit of a bummer, but... Hmm. Uh, yeah, other than that, I had a good good week. Sweet. Have you guys been playing any games? Yes, actually. I've been... I can't remember what I... If I said this last time when we were talking about uh, what, what games we were playing, but right now I've been consistently playing the Final Fantasy uh, VIII remaster, uh, remastered version, so I've been pretty deep into that so that's pretty much been taking up any time that i can play other than the few mobile games that i play every now and then mm. and do you play any games alex still like it's been so long <laughs> well you know it's kind of funny uh so i did uh, obviously when we were growing up we were playing a lot of you know super nintendo and you know, mm-hmm. 64 PlayStation. But then when I went to college, um, I kind of didn't have a system for a while. Uh, but then one of my roommates moved in with me, and he got um, X- he had Xbox, and I really got into uh, Battlefield. So uh, when Battlefield came out, uh, was it four? Uh, I was playing that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But when we started working on this project. I actually switched over to playing Overwatch because I wanted to do more research on it, and I actually had li- literally had no understanding of what the game was. But um, so recently, I've actually been playing more Overwatch than um, any other games. And then there's also just this random game on my Apple called Strike, which is just bowling. And sometimes <laughs> I play that, you know, every now and then. Is it anything like Wii bowling? Yeah, it's exactly like that. Actually, you, <laughs> yeah, 
you use the Apple remote as your like, you know, your controller and you just go bowling. It's it's kind of fun. It 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 could be a little glitchy sometimes. Like I don't know. I think it depends where you're standing, but it's <laughs> I think it's like you can get it for free. But I think I paid for like the upgrade to get the extra games for it and stuff. Like it's it's fun. It's like I don't know. I kill time with it sometimes. Wait, you said this is a game on your phone? Yeah, it's on the Apple TV. Like oh, the, uh, Apple TV. Gotcha. Yeah, it's just like a. I don't know. I guess they have like an arcade feature. You can like check some games out. I don't know. I just happened to get nice. that one. I feel like bowling games are like some of the most glitchy games ever. Because if you've ever played Wii Bowling, if you, you can see videos on YouTube where people glitch it out so much, they can pretty much get a <laughs> strike every time. Yeah. And they'll, like, they'll throw the ball over to the gutter, like yeah. directly to like 90 degrees to their left <laughs> or something. And they'll still get like, it's crazy. So, yeah, I, yeah, I don't get it. Like, my wife and I played, and like we're standing in the same spot, and she's throwing strikes, and I'm like doing the same thing, and I'm like, "Hey, guys!" I'm like, "What the heck? <laughs> How does this work?" And then Tell like other times, secret. yeah. And then every now, sometimes you play, and you're 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 the one who's awesome. I don't know. I think they, I think the game chooses who which player is going to bowl the better game ahead of time. <laughs> awesome. Oh, who do you play in Overwatch? I'm really curious. Like, I know, like, most people don't main one person. It's usually – it depends on the map. You should play yeah. a certain character. But, like, yeah. do you have, like, a like couple mains? Yeah, so when I first started playing Overwatch, I mean, obviously from playing Battlefield, I naturally gravitated towards Soldier 76 just because I could, yeah. like, wrap my head mm-hmm. around it. You know what I mean? So I was playing with him for a while, but then I kind of realized he stinks a little bit. Like, he's not the best. <laughs> <laughs> so – uh Although I don't I do know if pros like, use him. I don't. I don't think he's like a super pro pick, just because I think no. he's a little squishy uh, as a character. But I lo- I love playing him. I think he's fun yeah, as hell. I have fun playing with him too. But I don't know for some reason. Okay, so yeah, exactly. Like pros don't play with him, so I was like, all right, I got. I should probably like learn somebody new. But then, so Overwatch added that uh, little extra feature when you're like signing in, where you can pick whether you're a tank or. Uh, your, uh, you know, which you could pick which little yeah, which category. Role. Yeah, exactly. And um, but it's always shorter wait times if you're like not, you know, out there to. You, Soldier seventy six is one of those characters that you, you, you know, if you're a tank, you can get into games quicker. So I start playing as a tank, and I've starting to play a lot with Diva least recently, mm. and uh, so I like playing with her right now. Very cool. Nice. He's definitely a game. Uh, she is definitely a gamer favorite, yeah. especially for like streamers and stuff. She like she is a streamer, <laughs> yeah. And she's also <laughs> a fighter in Overwatch. It's crazy. Very nice. Like Seth and I play Overwatch a lot too, but uh, well, we did like months ago. It just I think we just got a little tired of the. Um, it was a little bit repetitive, and it, like people would keep picking the same comp every time. And this was before they added in the whole. Yeah, uh, two, two, two. Where you had two attackers, two support like healers, and then like two defenders like tanks. They, yeah. they, we. This was before they added that patch in, but I think I, I should go back and check it out and and see how much has changed the uh the meta right now. Yeah, yeah, it's had, fun. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with with that game. We, we, I mean that that was what that was our thing almost every night. 
Yeah. Um, when when all of us didn't have kids or were about <laughs> to have kids, and then yeah, uh, and then we all we all played together in like a big group. Yeah, we we can't wait for Overwatch too. Like that's one of our games that we're really looking forward to. We're just iffy about Blizzard right now because if you listen to last episode, there Blizzard's uh, company uh, Activision is pulling some shady stuff. So yeah. Hopefully they do better. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. I had heard a little bit about that, um, but yeah, no. You know, totally understandable. Yeah, it's. I think actually, you know what? I one thing I actually did like about Overwatch, you know, because when we were doing research for the show, um, I was like, okay, I want to understand the place, and then I started to realize that it is very similar to Battlefield in a lot of ways. Like, it's just like looks so different. Like the characters, they just play differently, but you're still working mm-hmm. as a unit to like achieve like a single goal, and that's I think, you know, it took me like a little bit to realize that and then once i did i was like oh wait this game's actually awesome and then mm-hmm. yeah so I, I i tune in and play with a couple friends every now and then especially like i said for research mm-hmm. mm, nice and for myself I, i've been um playing uh like smash brothers for um for streaming but i haven't had too many uh chances to stream this past week but i did get to uh, play uh, this indie game that I saw on the on the PlayStation Store that looked kind of fun. It's called Underhero, mm. and it, it the the character and the, like the design of the, uh, the like the game artwork looked kind of interesting. So like when I picked it up, I didn't really know what to expect. But then when I did some research on like the story, it's it's actually really funny. It's about basically like the main hero. Of uh, of like an RPG goes to go fight the end boss at like the, his max level ninety nine, and he's like all decked out with the best weapons, and he, it's it's like he's gonna beat him, but for some strange reason, one of the underlings accidentally kills him, and then the bag the big boss guy at the end of the game is like, you killed the main hero, like well now I have nothing to do. So the princess he had captured, he's like, well you can go home now, I don't need you anymore, and I just, and so like the the minion becomes the hero and it, it's just it's really odd and you get to like see the backstory of like or like the like in the background like what the bad guys are doing in their their dungeons like while they're waiting they get killed like they, they make so many like meta jokes like the the minions are like um, we're just sitting here waiting for the hero to come by so they can, he can kill us and then we could just give him like a like a potion or or some coins it's like they're very aware <laughs> of their situation so <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm curious to see where it goes in the game. I've only started a little bit of it, but I, I really like it. Yeah, I like the art for it. It looks pretty cool. <laughs> I gotta tone down the uh, the contrast on my stream. I think everything pops too much, so it looks way more colorful than than it should be. Uh, I'm working on yeah, it. Yeah, and that that it definitely has very bright at least what i saw purples and greens maybe i don't know some of the characters do seem to pop out more than others yeah it has it seems to have like i'm looking at it, it has like that kind of like super nintendo sega look to it in a way mhm yeah it's got like 8 bit music and all that yeah it makes that's you feel like cool. you're playing a, a, a snes game yeah that's, that's what we call it snes <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> Dude, speaking of SNES, the one day I was walking around, I live in Philly, and I was walking around, and I see this dude, and he's rocking this, like, 19, 
90 vintage uh, Sega jacket. It was like it was like a varsity <laughs> jacket. And I was like, that's the coolest thing. I was like, where did you get it? I like rolled down my window. I was like, nice jacket, dude. He's like, <laughs> it's really cool when people like on the street, like notice something that you appreciate. Like I have a. Uh, a hoodie like a smash hoodie that i wear all the time and i always pass by kids or, or teenagers or young adults and they're always like oh i love smash brothers cool man and i'm just like right on like you know what's up and everyone's like <laughs> my, my family's like what is what is that <laughs> i don't even know what that symbol is. it's a smash symbol mom oh okay yeah <laughs> that's I, I i i feel like you, uh, the character in your show alex is like it's somewhat like my mom but not as as uh uh, yeah. uh, stupid i, I don't know yeah, the word yeah. is. she's Ignorant, over the top but... yeah she's over the top yeah she's just completely out of touch with uh <laughs> what's going on in the world yeah and we, we kind of purposely designed her like that because she kind of represents um a lot of what people don't understand about gaming and we're like okay but if we're gonna do that we should make her so over the top that you know what i mean like it's like that's what we, that's what we think makes it funny honestly i think it's like Oh, yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to not confuse the audience, um, so the project um, Alex is working on. So for those of you who don't know, um, Alex is a, uh, a, like I said before, a childhood friend of mine. And we grew up uh, knowing each other since, I, I'm guessing, first grade? First grade, yeah, for sure. Yeah, oh, my grade. God. So long ago. Yeah. But um, he, like I said in the first episode, uh, he... Like when I said I, I go over to people's houses and play games because my parents wouldn't allow me to to own game consoles or, or like Game Boys or anything like that. He was one of the main ones I went over to, to the, his house to play games. I'd watch him play his Super Nintendo and his Sega Dreamcast. He was oh, one yeah. of the only people I knew who had a Sega Dreamcast because it yeah. wasn't mega popular. But that game like blew my mind, like Sonic Adventure yeah. and SX Tricky and... Uh, the game I was talking about last week, the um, uh, Hypercharge Unbox, reminded me of Toy Commander that we played a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, so, that was funny. Yeah, Sega Dreamcast, man. That was a system. That was one of the best. Like, everyone's <laughs> like, the GameCube was my favorite, and I feel like the Sega Dreamcast was one of my retro favorites, other than, like, the N64. Yeah. Because yeah, those are the ones I grew up on. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, so... I we grew up together um, through the elementary school and the high school years, and um, and Alex, um, we actually went to the same college too, which I didn't realize until I ran into him um, in a computer lounge uh, downstairs in the in the library one day, oh, and I was yeah. just like, Alex, like you go here, and he's like, Yeah, like what are you working on? I'm working on a project, and it always seems like no matter where we go in life, Alex is always kind of not that far away, like at least like a mile or two away. Yeah. And I, yeah. I wouldn't even know it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> even if he came into your house. Yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> know it. <laughs> but so anyway, so Alex, you grew up. Um, so you majored in, in, in college? Uh, at college, they called it, it was called electronic media. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, it was like news journalism, but for TV. Uh, right. It wasn't really exactly what I wanted to do, but like. They had cameras involved, and they taught you how to use a camera and the basics of editing. So it was good enough to teach me what I needed to know to continue to do what I'm doing now, which is video production. 
and so you're you know, you're a writer and a director who who's been an award winner so, so yes. tell tell us more about your 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 career and like the things you've been working on okay so yeah so after college i ended up coming down to philly and uh i moved in with a, a guy and um and i was just freelancing for a while um and then it turned out that my friend that I moved in it with was an audio engineer. And I started getting these freelance gigs and I was like, wait, I need you to come with me because I need better audio because I suck at it. And he's like, yeah, sure, let's go. And we started doing that a lot. And we um, eventually just formed a business. And our business now is Malik's Media. And we are uh, here in, in Philly. This is our seventh year. And uh, nice. basically, yeah. So basically, we specialize in developing uh, commercials, um, documentaries, um, short films, um, but mainly we're most notable notable for no, known for our uh, commercials, um, which have like aired on during Eagles games. Um, they're on like the big screens down in Philly, like on the um, on Market Street, um, and we've won a few awards. Uh, we've won Addy Awards, Davy Awards, and uh, we have a couple new projects we're doing that we're pretty excited about. And Squid Ink is probably the one in particular I'm most excited about, though. It's honestly, I would stop doing everything else and work on Squid Ink <laughs> if I could. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, we're we're kind of still working through it. You know, just trying to get there. So this is our first attempt at a narrative pilot for a TV show, and we've been working on it for probably over a year in terms of like writing and then producing and then getting the pilot finished and edit it, and, you know, getting to the point where we are right now. Nice. So tell us about Squid Ink itself. Cause I'm sure when, when you told me, um, you got in touch with me, um, cause I was posting stuff about my, uh, my streaming channel on Facebook and then you, you got in touch with me and you're like, I'd, I'd love to get your opinion on this. And you sent me this thing called Squid Ink. And I was like, Squid Ink, what is that? And, and then you were saying is something, you know, initially you were saying something that was about gaming. And then immediately I thought of um, Splatoon, like Nintendo Splatoon with like, are you a kid? Are you a squid kind of thing? <laughs> like the commercial. And I was like, what? Like, is this something with Splatoon? And, and then when I started looking at all the stuff, I was like, wow, like this is really well done. And uh, uh, like, tell us about, like, tell the audience about Squid Ink and, and, what what you want to bring with it all right so squid ink is basically it's a 20 minute comedy that follows our uh, main character whose name's ezekiel shifter and him and his it'll follow him and his starry-eyed teammates on a quixotic quest to become professional streamers uh bas basically it's like the path to pro um but in order to do that uh, they first need to escape life in a small town that's filled with like mi minimum wage jobs, toxic relationships, helicopter parents. I can't let their kids go. And it's, it's, it kind of just like, it, it makes it a little bit more grassroots. Uh, it's a story. It's a grassroots story and like what it takes to actually, you know, make it and the struggles you may have to go through and the personal life uh 
just anything you may have to go through along the way to get to where you want to be. That's what the show's about. And we do it in a comedic tone, essentially. It definitely looks like, um, like you mentioned before, um, before the podcast, you were saying it was like Scott Pilgrim um, versus the world mixed with uh, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Uh, Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks. That's it. And I definitely see it. I definitely see the Scott Pilgrim um, with with the uh, the editing where you add in like (laughs) like different effects, like when the mom there's a scene where the mom comes in the bedroom and, and like thinks he's, he's like talking to the devil or, uh, uh, or no, he's a, I'm sorry. He's like a, isn't he like a gigolo or something like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she, mis- yeah, she misunderstands. <laughs> she listens to him and then it's yeah. like, and then she comes in and she just busts his like controller or his headset or something. And it's, it's like this giant spark, like like you you lose or you fail or something like that. And I was like, oh my god, this is great. Like they yeah, need more Scott yeah. Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it was always I love that movie Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and I mm-hmm. always even just from like a filming perspective, not to mention the animation that's worked. And when we were putting this together, that was like one of my biggest. Uh, I was like, I want to do the gaming inspired animations built into the show. But we want to actually be pulling from different sources. So, like, we feature, like, animations from, like, Street Fighter to um, uh, uh, Neighborhood. What the, oh, what the heck's it called? The uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. We do you oh, see, nice. like, the blood run down on the one that Zombies Ate My da- Neighbor. Um, some of them we make up on our own um, just based off, you know, anything we've kind of found through research um but yeah we're always when we write when we're writing this show we're constantly looking back at retro video games and trying to pull elements to incorporate into the scripts and like the video game voice guy's like always in there and he's always in um it kind of makes it like a little subscribed um, yeah yeah exactly (laughs) yeah they're out there to like you know uh get subscribers you know, and they lose subscribers and, you know, it's, mm-hmm. that's, that's really what it's about. It's like what it takes to become a professional streamer and or gamer. Oh, oh my gosh. I think my favorite part was near the end when, the, uh, when the priest said, what did it say? <laughs> lose subscribers. I, like, yeah. oh, I lost <laughs> it when I saw that. <laughs> it's just like the most random thing. It's just like that. I mean, yeah, the humor is just, it's right up my alley. It makes sense to me. And yes, with the Scott Pilgrim stuff and how funny and uh, cool it was in the movie, um, it, it you, you blend it so naturally into, into uh, Squid Ink that it, it yeah, it, it gets me, and that's why I, lo- I loved it so much because uh, the humor. I don't. I don't see that kind of humor so much, or it's hard hard for me to find things that is up my alley and that kind of thing. But that hit it right on the head. Yeah, yeah, and like I think like one of our big goals is is like we're trying to tell stories that highlight the culture of streaming and prof- professional gaming on a tangible level. While developing characters and stories, viewers can like actually relate to, and like those little things, like losing subscribers and gaining subscribers, but like losing a subscriber because he dies, like that's like a real <laughs> thing people have to, like deal with. It's like, it's uh, like, oh, yeah. I guess, 
I guess that guy's dead now. He's not my subscriber anymore. <laughs> all my subscribers are leaving. Oh, they're all dead. Oh, you know. Oh my gosh. You Jeez. Know, what, what was the uh, the screen name that he actually gave him? Uh, something about God loves everyone. Oh, the put Jesus in you or it something. Was, it was. Uh, so he initially he initially uh, the priest asks. He's like, can I be God loves everyone? And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, no, it's already taken. And he's like, oh, wait, how about we name you Jesus Freak on a leash? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. You know, I, honestly, if you watch The Office, and, and just because I've recently watched this episode, the thing that came to my mind uh, right away when he was asking for a screen name or, or he was making up a screen name for him is when uh, Michael Scott was making up a screen name for the dating site. <laughs> he was like, little kid lover. So everyone will know my intentions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that episode so much. Thanks for bringing it up. I'm going to watch it tonight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the office no, is awesome. Yeah. I totally agree with you, Alex, when you were saying, like, all the characters in the show. Um, um, I think gamers... I th- I'd say most gamers would uh, find a little bit of themselves in each of these characters. Um, for for the main character um, of Shifter, who he's the the kind of like the leader of their little um, gaming clan, I guess you yep. you could say that. Yep. Um, he 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 plays his role as like a, as the leader type, trying to get his his teammates on and like get get them focused to play right. Because sometimes like when you play. We play with friends. Sometimes not all of them are like there to just be competitive. They just want to play the game, but some people want to be more competitive. He obviously seems like the more competitive type who wants to get a good team together. But you have like his other teammates, like maybe Ellie, um, who who she's more focused on trying to be more of a of a streamer. Like you know, will people yep. like me? Like like physically, you know, like like do, do am I wearing the right hat or the right outfit for my for my audience? Kind of yep, thing. Exactly. So, yeah, I like I like Shifter a lot because I think I relate to him most. But I definitely see like Ellie. Like uh, you know, if I'm on stream, I want to look somewhat decent too for for people to like. You know, okay, they they can wa- they can watch anyone play a game, but you also want to look kind of decent when people are watching you. So I can mm-hmm. kind of see Ellie myself, and also his other teammate Dylan, who's. He he's he thinks he's really really good at the game and he might be really good at the game but he's also kind of an idiot. Yeah, if that makes sense. <laughs> so like you always have those guys who are like, yeah like he he could be like really really good if you just focus and and put his mind to it but like sometimes he he just doesn't have the brains at that moment or at all maybe autopilot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We- and the for- the fourth guy sorry the fourth guy that you you show in this little clan is his name's Eric. And at first I wasn't sure if it wasn't uh, a he because he he he's like masked in a shadow and he's wearing a hood in a dark room and you can't really tell who who he was. But you just know he's like a badass. So he's probably like their best gamer on their on their clan. And I, I was like hoping like, oh, if this was a chick, that would be so surprising if, if Eric came out or it was like a chick when, when he revealed himself. You don't see him at the beginning, but you, you reveal that his name's Eric. So I'm assuming yep. that's a dude. Okay. But it's really cool. Like he's a super hardcore, like he's really, really good, like probably better than any of them. And it's kind of odd. Like, why is he joined on this clan in particular? Because he might be too good for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's something. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And you could see like, 
we I, when we were working with that character, we're like, all right, you got to like play with the claw, the claw like holding stance on the remote, and like where everyone else is just playing like normal. So he's definitely a little bit more. He's like, uh, I didn't even like notice better. that. Yeah, I didn't yeah, notice that at all. That, that's that. a really cool detail. I didn't notice the claw grip, like from Halo. You 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 hold the controller like in a certain way, so you could do jumps and 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 turns and and jumps in the air and kinds of stuff like that to like maximize your 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 Twitch gaming a bit. That's a really cool detail, Alex. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it just goes we, to show you how much like love you put into this. Yeah, we really try to like look for little Easter eggs that people. Like I said, like we're trying to get people to like relate to it. It's like all these characters they represent different people you know what i mean like you just i mean you went through them all but you could see yourself a little bit in all of them and then what the best part is is even if you don't play gaming if you're not a gamer there's a whole slew of characters that don't game that you can relate with <laughs> and like they're, they're some of the ones i think like they're like some of the funnier ones to me because it's like they just don't understand it and that's where you can we cannot we have the ability to like really make jokes you know it's like that's where like that whole stigma thing like really plays out through these other characters they all see these guys like you know the the group the squid ink team squid ink and they just like assume that they're like kind of like nerds or losers whatever but in reality these they're actually the you know they're going they're like out to make it you know and they're following their dreams and that's more you know important in my mind that they're going for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That pizza guy, I think is a good example of that. Cause like uh, Dylan is a, like, you know, as a, as his job, he's a, a pizza boy on this, on the show. And he, uh, the one scene he goes to deliver a pizza and he, um, he puts like a little uh, business card of his like gamer tag. And I guess his stream or something like that on, on the, the pizza box. So like when the guy comes for the pizza, he just wants his pizza. But and then he sees this, this business card and he's like, what, what is that? And he's like, Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm looking for, for people to subscribe and view me. And he's trying to get his name out there, but this guy's, he just wants his pizza. Uh, <laughs> that's why I feel like these guys are, they're in their own like world. These, these gamers. And uh, I think a lot of gamers would kind of relate. Like we're really into our medium and, you know, like when we get in the real world and a lot of people are like doing their own thing or they're, they're not even into gaming. If they're like, what, what is this? Like, I don't even understand what you're trying to do. And I love that because you show both aspects. You show like the hardcore gamers mixed with the, I'd say the non-core gamers, like the people who don't even game at all, which is, it's, it's slowly dying. I think like, like the, I think the world is, is getting more close to, to gaming being a more accepted form of entertainment than ever, Absolutely, but there's still yeah. like, there's still this large sect of, of people who just don't understand it. Well, I mean, like, have you ever even tried to explain Twitch to somebody? It's like kind of hard. It's like, it's not it easy is. to understand. It's like, wait, 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 you're telling me what, what is Twitch? And then you have to explain Overwatch on top of that. So it's like, <laughs> and then it's like, these, you get this, it gets completely just like, people just don't understand or don't, aren't willing to take the time to learn like what, what's going on. And that's really, again, it's like part of our, our goal is to like, really just like blend the two worlds so that a mom and a teenage son or daughter could sit down and watch this show at the same time and both get something out of it, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's really like you know, like you say, Chris, that they're uh, both sides are in their own bubbles, and then when when they venture out, uh, bubbles not popped yet, but when they venture out, it, it's sort of like what's going on here. I thought you know most people got it because if you're not associating with people who don't get it, you're just you're going to make assumptions, and and that's why when he when he tried to give the, his business card to him, he just like, hey, really excited, you know, hey, he'll follow me, and and. But and, and when reality strikes, it's like, wait, you know, what's going on here? You know, it, 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 they're not really into it. And um, but yeah, that, that, that is a really good way of, of trying to burst those bubbles and explore that uh, the two different worlds. But you're absolutely right, because I know there, there's people out there that don't, know, don't even know what podcasting is. And, and, and almost the same with streaming. It's like, what you sit, <laughs> you sit for hours in front of a screen. And just talk to talk to text, you know, in, in front of screen. And all you do is <laughs> yeah, play. exactly. In this day and age, especially with the, the all the jokes about the baby boomers. I mean, I, I work with a, you know a, oh, boy. people <laughs> people who who are that that age, and I know if I ever got into any of that with um, them, it it would just I, they just think you 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 just go to work and and hard labor is where it's at. But hey, there's people making tons of money streaming and, and they exactly. have no idea they thought you can just sit on your rear end and just do this and you you know of course the more popular people but still you know people are making money off of you know stars on facebook when they stream and and whatever else kind of media there's there's way to make money on it yeah absolutely it's like it's like a whole new i don't know it's like we have to get used to the idea of people being saying like when i grow up I want to be a pro gamer. I want to be a pro streamer. It's like, that's like a real thing now that like, you know, younger generations will be coming up and just be doing for probably, I can't see it ever stopping at this point. I mean, it's only been getting bigger and bigger every single year. Right. Video right. games themselves have um, outpaced movies in terms of how much revenue they make. It's 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 very clear. Like when a when a very popular game comes out, like when Overwatch came out, that exploded, and then Fortnite. Those make like I would say at least a hundred times over what a movie would make, like the like a triple A movie. Oh yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah. And uh, it, it, you know, I I still don't think like at least the older generations who didn't grow up with it, I still don't think they understand. And and you show this in Squid Ink, like they don't understand like why people who, who they, they, they think like gaming is still like like a childhood like like thing to do like it's just like playing toys when you you have people who are in their like even their like like seth we were saying this in a previous episode like your your dad gamed until forever right like yeah, he, he was one... gaming up until he passed right yeah he he i mean when i was born you know he they uh, already had a the original NES, and uh, that's how I got in. I mean, I, did, I grew up watching him play Metroid and, yeah. and whatever else we had. And yeah, my dad, my dad was definitely the exception to the baby boomer generation. Yeah, yeah. Um, not yeah. that there weren't others, but I, I guess, I, in a way, I was sort of spoiled because he, uh, maybe unlike you, Chris, your parents were a little bit weary about it. Where. In my house, it, that was just the norm. You know, my my sister would play games to keep me quiet when I was a baby, and I guess that pretty much indoctrinated me. And 
uh, yeah, he, he he played games like it was nothing, you know. And, and but but and he had totally two different sides, but that's another story. But uh, yeah, it and it all depends on. So so me growing up and seeing other people uh, his age that uh, uh, it's it, it, to me it was just sort of weird. It's like why, why are you hating on it so much? You know that there are you know there are people your age that do do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Did he ever have to like explain to his his like adult buddies like that's what he likes to do? And did he ever I, have like moments where he felt insecure about it? I honestly don't know how much he talked to other people. I know he played he played a lot of Wolfenstein on PC, and I know he was in a clan or whatever they had in there. That I'm sure he spoke to people there, but I not that you know, honestly. I think he almost faced it, it's strange a situation because without really knowing. I'm sure he sort of faced the things that us, you know, millennials would face when maybe not talking about it so much with someone who doesn't get it because you're afraid, not afraid of maybe, maybe he was in a sense. I don't really know because everybody that he would have worked with probably didn't. So with him, it it must've been an interesting uh, scenario to really compare to millennials to say, uh, you know, I don't really talk about this because, uh, not you know my coworkers. I know how they feel about it, and they probably just think it's a waste of time. But hey, I find joy in it, and fun, and you know. <laughs> so that's a, that's an interesting thing. You know, to think I never thought about it that way. Yeah, I was always curious about that. Like, like if you ever talked to your dad about something like that. Um, I, I know, like for myself, I talked to my dad like once about it, where. He he's he's more of a tech guy, and he's he he loves move, like sci-fi movies and and nerdy stuff like that. So he, he well, while he doesn't game, he understands the appeal for millennials and and younger kids, like why it it's so appealing to them, and and why they keep continuing to go back to gaming as a as like a pastime. He mm. understands it. My mom. Like she doesn't want anything to do with it. It just doesn't float her boat up at all. Like so, it, it's. But at least I, that's why I see it. more. You know, it's she she allows it. Yeah, like she's not like like you're going to hell if you play these. But it's totally not her her shtick. Yeah, she, whatsoever. Your mom definitely came around at least a little bit. I remember because you had Minecraft. Well, not not Stark. What's which one was it? You had the. It's like Age of the Empires, but with the aliens. Uh, Minecraft, right? That's what, Starcraft. Starcraft. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, Starcraft. yeah. You had yes. that, and you played that all the time. And then they eventually it got took you. took a while, the, yeah. They eventually got you the N64, <laughs> and that was cool. Because then you that's where you start playing Smash, basically. So yeah, uh, that was cool. I kept, I kept bugging them. You know, and, and I, I mean, I think you were a bit of an influencer there too, Alex, where they're like, oh, he's going over to Alex's house a lot and our other buddy Eric's house to play stuff. It's like, why, why don't they just play here or whatever? So maybe that was, I don't know. I, sh- I should really ask them and sit them down like, like, why did you cave? Yeah. Maybe I just, <laughs> you know, there. yeah. 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 It, 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 it maybe just think, um, thinking of your mom chris because i guess i really without knowing her too much i really didn't know how until we started talking about it on the podcast how uh or, or how she really felt about it but um and you kind of touch on this where you well that is pretty much what you do and uh with shifter and his mom it is 
you, you could be behind a closed door, you know, have a person that doesn't get games and they could hear a completely different world in one way just by hearing something and then actually seeing it. Like I was just thinking just because uh, they're relevant right now, uh, someone who really did, like like her um, or your mom, Chris, uh, with not understanding games at all in, in a way, walking in and seeing, uh, you, you know, your, your son playing Animal Crossing, like, Okay, at least if you don't understand it, this is what it is. Um, it doesn't look that bad, even though I still don't understand it. Compared to if she walked in and saw him playing Doom and being like, "Oh my," you know, especially if yeah. there's any religious background, it's <laughs> yeah. like forget it. Can you imagine <laughs> if Shifter's mom walked in on him playing Doom with the blood and the <laughs> yeah. pentagram? Oh my god! It's Are over. you please, Alex? I, I didn't read the, all the all the episodes. Not please say that there's some kind of like instance where he's playing Doom or doing Doom or, or something like that, like something demonic. That would be hilarious. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff planned for. Like, we want to, like, I know, like, Overwatch is, like, the game we kind of focus on. It's, like, that's the game they're going to play. That's the game they stream. But, like, we actually have a lot of funny, I mentioned how we're always trying to incorporate other games into the script in different ways. Um, And, like, we do have, like, a lot of alternative games, like, built into it. Even, like, RuneScape to, like. Yeah. um, We were even talking. That's still going strong. Yeah, by the way, I, dude, I thought about signing into my account just to see, but <laughs> <laughs> just to see what was going on. But um, yeah, we you like, can play original or the new. By the way, you could do the old stuff that we grew up with with RuneScape, or you could play the completely new stuff. Like they have both. So oh, there you go. Have yeah. fun. Yeah, like we <laughs> like there one like I know one of our scripts like you know like in RuneScape there's like the wild. Like mm-hmm. that's like a component we like built into like one of our episodes. It's like there's the wild, and they have to like go to the wild, and it oh like my God. works like the same way as it does in like RuneScape, where like basically anything goes. So it's like we're doing things like that um, to like get around. Uh, you know, I think it. I think licensing it will be really tough to. If, I think it's already going to be tough to get licensing from Blizzard. Uh, we're just gonna have to get them on board with us with this, and that's you know, but. Um, I was going to ask you about that. Like, like was Overwatch your choice of game because that's all you you like you you got permission from Blizzard to do that? Because I know a lot of gaming companies are very stingent about who is using their own, like like who's creating their own content out of their media. Exactly. Like, like Nintendo. Yeah. Nintendo's a big example. Like if you try and like make any kind of YouTube video with with Nintendo stuff in it, they they will like demonetize it like within that day yeah yeah i've heard that yeah so and when yeah there was a lot of discussion about what game we were going to do but it had like we knew it had to be we wanted it to be four players um and even though they're four playing four and you know the pros play with six we saw four being good because it gives us room to expand the team and introduce new characters down the line so we knew we wanted to start with four oh, that's cool oh, there you go um, nice. I was wondering about that too. Like, I was like, there's six yep. on a team. Yeah, but they, they that's do, cool. They do do four. They do have four v four now on there. So like, as soon as I found ah. that out, I was like, okay, so we need to have four v four, and they needed to have a. And when we looked into Blizzard, they do have like a video clause that like as long as you're putting it out to a free audience, like on a free platform where anyone can access it, and you don't make any money on it 
you can do it, which is good for now because that's all we need to do for the pilot. It's like we just needed to make it and submit it to some film festivals and whatever and get it out there, you know. So uh, I think like the moment you are submitting to a film festival where you you have the chance to win over 500 bucks and you have to go get the licensing. So we're good right now with it. We are, we're not – they – have a whole clause on their website about using their footage. You know, it kind of falls into the guidelines of like Twitch. It's like you can right. pretty much stream Overwatch on Twitch because it's on a free platform and you're, you know what I mean? And so we kind of just followed those same rules, you know. And basically we're filming them just doing Twitch. That's really all it is. So we're okay for now, I think. We'll we'll see. We have to make some more connections to make sure that that you know, licensing could actually make sense for us would you or would you consider other games down the line if you could get permission from those companies like oh, yeah, like i think i mentioned before um some of the bigger uh pro games that are out there like league of legends fortnite um starcraft uh any kind of fighting game like smash is a big one yeah yeah no, uh, absolutely yeah if, i mean honestly if overwatch would, like came back and we're like you can't use it but fortnite was like go ahead i'd be like okay i'll just rewrite these lines and just like reshoot those scenes <laughs> <laughs> and just like because i don't need overwatch to make the show it just helps it you know it gives it like some substance and you need you, i want it to be a real game that's the thing i think like one of the biggest yeah. problems with shows that come out is that they're always just making up video games and although it's funny no one can actually really relate to them like as much as you can when you actually know the characters you know the maps and you know like who's playing what you know same way when you watch overwatch league or you know whatever league you're watching on a pro you can kind of like connect with it a little bit more and you get the jokes like we can write jokes in there that people will understand and stuff so like for example like um when the priest is like the god, the, uh, God watches over all of us, and he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, no, it's Overwatch. It's a game. <laughs> so I, I get that so much. Just talking to people, just trying to explain what Overwatch is, like what it, what, or just anything. You you have to like in a paragraph or like even like a page or two, try to explain to people your medium when they have no idea. It's it definitely is its own world. Yeah, I will say you yeah. just have to find something comparable to something that they do in the best way you could. Um, but, get, but getting real quick, I just want to mention something. Getting back to what you just said, Alex, about uh, how shows and you know make up their own games. It's totally true. Oh, yeah, and because <clears throat> I remember yeah, there was an episode in Fresh Prince where they actually had an NES uh, featured on it. I started playing. It's like, okay, there it is. Relatable uh, for the time. <clears throat> and then I go all the way back uh, to, I don't know if any of you w- would uh, watch Drake and Josh on Nickelodeon. Uh, yeah. I remember um, it. Yeah. There, there was Nickelodeon. Where there was one scene where they got like the newest and greatest system and it was called the Sphere or something. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. Maybe they're the really... GameCube. The sphere. No, they, yeah, they, they obviously that's what they were, you know, making a joke over. But uh, maybe that was the point because you know it was just satire and that was like the idea. But um, it's like if you just would have used, it's not like Nickelodeon did when they had the money. If you just would have used the GameCube, how much more would people think? Oh, you know, that's that's pretty awesome that you know that's there and whatnot. But for sure, you know, so 
that definitely works out with uh, squid ink using real stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like, and like I said, like um, another example for like, we were working on a script yesterday and um, it kind of, it's like a, it's more focused on the character, Anna, who's the news journalist. Um, and she's like into crime, but she gets given the task of covering Pex Quest, which is the tournament that the group is all <laughs> going to play in. And she's not happy about it. And this episode, we're like, well, how, you know, if we could like pick a game that's like a detective game or something that we could like reference or like mimic or how could we do it? And like, I think we landed on like L.A. Noir or something like that as like being like a good turning point to like look back and like look at how they frame things and shoot things. And, you know, how do we incorporate some of the moment? I think like, you know, we talked a little bit about the components in that game where you have options to like ask people questions and when you click one, it like the guy actually like overreacts when you didn't actually want him to do that. You're like, I didn't think he was <laughs> it's like, I didn't tell you to do that. I just want you to ask him that question. So we're like, kind of like working through, um, again, there's like various games we can like build into our storylines a little bit. Yeah. Awesome. No, I really, really, really like where it's going. Like I, I'd say as a gamer, um, uh, most media these days that portrays gamers or like like Seth is kind of saying like they try and like mimic the gaming culture but they can't quite do it because of licensing it, ju- it just takes you out of it if you're a gamer like you're like I can't relate to this at all or this isn't what we're really like like you, oh. you really don't get us your your squidding show like from the first episode I watched really I think hits home with I would say it would hit home with many gamers out there at least in some level um so i really applaud you yeah for sure and and you know the one thing that i always noticed when watching tv shows or movies um it's not so much with if you saw the screen and actually what they're playing it was the way they would push buttons on the controller that right there oh my god they have no idea how games are actually played because when you're playing a game other than maybe playing Smash, where there is a lot of button moving, but it didn't even look like that. They literally look like they, uh, like, like they're they slamming the buttons switch. down. They're like, like taking a whole palm and it. smacking the controller. And, and like, it's like, geez, that, that tells you that they're out of touch with how gamers, because, and, and maybe it was just for dramatic effect, but honestly, when you're playing a game, especially like an RPG, you're maybe hitting a button every now and then, or just using a joystick most of the time. But when they're it just is like, come on, man, you're not it, using the controller that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would like what how much would it cost a company to just grab a gamer off the street and be like, can we get your opinion on this? Does this look authentic? And I would tell you, with like most of these shows within two seconds, they'd be like, absolutely not. This is retarded. Yeah. You know, like, why would you why would you have someone there? mashing buttons like crazy like that's not a kind of game that that would happen on so like alex were you the main like inspiration or the like the kind of like the gamer like like the brain behind all the gaming stuff or did you have like kind of people kind of give their thoughts and opinions and interject them because obviously you know a lot of stuff like the claw grip like you you you're talking about before and and stuff like who is the what was like all the people in the group like your 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 thought tank your think tank for this or so this one was the first this first pilot um i had a um co-writer uh his name's nick marr 
Um, he's actually my cousin. But um, when I had told him about, I had written the script originally, and I was like, I'm putting together this. Um, and he games a, like he's a much bigger gamer than me. Like he probably games more closer to the you know extent that maybe you guys are gaming. Um, he like knows all the he's up to date on all the games, things like that. So like I instantly went to him, and he's like funny too. So I was like, I want you to read the script and like give me some notes. And then he ended up actually coming on as a writer with me. And then we actually together ended up writing the first four episodes. Um, and then um, since then, I actually included two more writers onto our team um, to continue writing. So we've expanded a little bit. But yeah, like I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. The claw grip, uh, the, the actor who played him, uh, he's the one who brought that up. He's like, oh, I should probably be playing Claw then. And I'm like, you know, I didn't even <laughs> That is awesome. Because yeah. <laughs> he likes to play games, the actor himself. He's like a 12-year-old, you know, kid. So I, I'm, I'm, That brings a tear to my eye because the kids, <laughs> the kids know the old techniques that are now like, should be, they should be used everywhere now. It's yeah. Like, love it. Love it. Oh, my God. It's a thing to fear. No, that's really... <laughs> <laughs> And how how did you meet these actors? Like, were they all like like friends of yours, or did you like have like a talent agency kind of uh, look for them? Or yeah, so the kid uh, Alex Hayden, he plays Ezekiel Shifter. I actually had hired him uh, for a commercial, and like I just knew he was funny, and he's actually in um, he's in the movie Art of Self Defense. If you've seen that or not, he's in that as well. But um, he's like hmm. a side character in that. Um, but, uh, he's like, he's fun. He's just really funny and like nice. And, um, and I, after I worked with him, I was like, I got to just write this guy. Uh, I just got to write a script for him. I was like, I was like, I could just write something. And he actually kind of like when we were, when I was trying to decide what I was trying to write, I wasn't sure if I was going to do a short film or something like that. And I ultimately decided I wanted to do a pilot because the pilot could go on and be something else where a short film pretty much just comes out and that's the end of it you know what i mean so at least with the pilot we knew we wanted to do something that we can continue to work on and build on and uh after i worked with them i had already had the idea um to do something about gaming and like you know and it just kind of naturally happened with him and i sent him the script he loved it and then i was like all right you're in everyone else i found through a website uh, talent it's like a a casting website that called backstage.com huh and you can go on there and you post you pay to post up your your film and people come in and like i think we had over like 1500 people audition or something like that wow yeah and it's a sag project too so that actually helped as well because you got like a little bit better pool of talent um auditioning it wasn't like any any old joe you know basically mm -hmm. but that's really really cool like we, we don't know anything about the whole like shooting any kind of like show kind of stuff so this is really interesting yeah. to me yeah like yeah. how you go about doing something like this yeah i mean i would like to say though that ellie the girl who played ellie she was actually the two hardest characters to cast were ellie and carter who's dylan's older brother 
they were just it was just so hard because you can imagine how many <laughs> girls you know what i mean would want to go for that role mm. but we really <laughs> but we really 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 wanted to we really wanted her to be authentic like to but and she uh the uh, the actress who plays Ellie Grace Rivers she is this character like she actually does she goes to Comic-Con and does that's all her costuming that she used on set and like oh, she actually That's awesome. She actually does this. Like that's like what she does for fun and when we found that out we're like okay you're it but it like I didn't know that until like it was between her and a couple other girls and I was actually leaning towards this other actress and then I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do a little bit more digging into her like portfolio. And I start seeing her in cosplay. And then I found her Instagram and I realized that she actually is doing that. And I was like, all right, you win. You're the girl we're using for this. <laughs> and, um, and then the Carter, it was just you just I just couldn't find like he just needed to be like the perfect douchebag older brother that like <laughs> like you know what I mean? it was just like you just got all these guys who were lame and like they weren't funny and i was like all right mm. next 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 and i didn't honestly didn't think we we're gonna get a guy good enough for the role but he uh his name was romy he actually was like actually like one of my favorite characters even though he's only like in that for like a small bit you know what i mean <laughs> but Definitely delivered. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. <laughs> it definitely felt like that. Yeah, that douchebag. I'm trying to think of another movie I, I would have seen. Wasn't it? Uh, I can't even think of it. But yeah, def- definitely, definitely uh, delivered on that aspect. I remember he was telling me he was like, he's like, so does is the character just just an asshole? And I was like, well. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like well it's it's a little bit of that but it's more of him just being an older brother who still likes to just bully his younger brother and he's like okay i have an older brother that still bulls me so i think i understand and i was oh, like man, no. <laughs> perfect yeah. so that was that was kind of fun yeah alex this, this is all really great and i would love for everyone out there to to experience Squid Ink um, when it goes live. Um, so I guess that brings me to like the, the final kind of thing I want to talk about with, with Squid Ink for the moment is, is, uh, is it going to go public or, or, or what's the timeline for it? So basically, uh, like I said, like I mentioned, we are currently entered into about eight different film festivals across the country. Um, if we get in, we haven't heard from them yet. Like we're still pending. Um, they haven't released who got in yet, but if we got into any of those, it would be playing at all wherever that got, you know, wherever that get. And I think Houston comedy film festival, series fest, salute your shorts festival, pictures up film festival, pilot light TV film festival, LA comedy festival, New Media Film Festival, Web Series Festival Global, Houston Comedy Film Festival, Mammoth Film Festival, uh, New uh, Black Star Film Festival. So like those are just, if we got in, potentially it could play there. Um, outside of that, we are trying to work out a deal with Nerd Street Gaming um, in Philly to do a premiere of the episode at their uh, facilities in their gaming cafe. And 
finally, um, we will eventually plan a Twitch release of it where we'll have it running probably for like a month straight on Twitch on our account, um, Team Squid Inc. So you could follow us there and it would eventually, we'll eventually put it up there for everyone to see. And in the meantime, we're still pitching it and seeking financial aid to continue producing the rest of the season. So that's just kind of where we're at now. Very nice. That's great. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, I know from what I saw, I, I can't wait for everyone else to see it. Yeah, I think, seriously. I think yeah, the gaming culture will enjoy it. If they don't, they can suck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not worried about them, honestly. I think they will like it because it's like, and honestly, it only gets better. Like, it's just the start. It's like all this episode is, is just like a little introduction to what the show is. You know, we right. the, the scripts we're writing are hilarious. Like, I was crying in tears yesterday. <laughs> laughing at some of the jokes we were like writing about, you know, and not just like, and like I mentioned, like we're not making fun of gaming. We're just writing jokes. That's relatable to gaming. And all of a sudden it's like hysterical. So um, <laughs> if it's anything like the, the priest interaction, Oh my word, I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that just got me. <laughs> awesome. Alex, thank you so much for uh, talking about your project and we're looking forward to its future. Yes, I appreciate you guys bringing me on. We're going to segue into our news section. I just did that for fun. Um, (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I might might throw in some kind of like bumper in there in the future, but you're just getting my voice for now. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it. You just keep that. So, uh, so this part of the the podcast, we just talk about a few um, news articles that I find during the the couple of weeks we're off uh, that pique my interest and might pique your interest. So, and I definitely know that some of these will pique Alex's interest um, in, in discussing. So, uh, let's let's just dive right in, shall we? So, the first article um, it's from Polygon. And I found this to be very um, intriguing in terms of uh, uh, gaming culture because um, the article states uh, a Gia, uh, Giafka, Jeff Keeley. Uh, <laughs> G- I, I think everyone should just be called Geoff because it's yeah. so much cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jeff Keeley. Uh, he's a he's a Canadian um, uh, video game journalist who who's mainly known for. Um, being on, I think he was on G4, um, the, the TV show uh, back when. Um, but he, he's mainly known for uh, E3 and doing a, um, doing a announcing there. Um, he's also known for um, the, the, the video game awards that are held. Uh, Seth, when are the video game awards? I think in Every December. January? Every December. December sorry. Year. Yep. Anyway, so the article states that... Um, uh, Jeff Keighley decides to part, uh, declines to participate in the show this coming, this coming year or this, this year. Um, it says here, um, a list of E3. So E3 is, uh, electronic entertainment expo for those who don't know. Um, it's the big gaming event of the year where they, they reveal new games that are coming out in, in, in the future. So they say a list of E3 exhibitors leaked this morning confirmed that multiple major game companies are attending the event, including Activision, Bethesda, 
Epic Games, Take-Two, and Ubisoft. But Jeff Keighley, the host of E3 Coliseum, a series, a series panel of interviews and presentations that's been running since 2017, says he's dropping out. Um, and he quotes, for the past 25 years, I have attended every E3, um, but covering, hosting, and sharing E3 has been the highlight of my year, not to mention a defining part of my career. I've debated what to say about E3 2020. While I want to support the developers who will showcase their work, I also need to be open and honest with you, the fans, about precisely what to expect from me. I have made the difficult decision to decline to produce E3 Coliseum. For the first time in 25 years, I will not be participating in E3. Um, this, this shocked at least myself and most of that, I'd say the gaming journalist world that, that he won't be participating. It says a lot because uh, at least in the last couple of years, uh, Jeff Keighley has uh, kind of been a little bit of a crusader in terms of uh, gaming uh, for, for gamer cons gaming consumers um, where he won't support companies that are really doing some kind of shady stuff. Um, I'm going to point my finger at Konami again. Like I said in the last episode, <laughs> like I really don't like Konami and many gamers don't. They, they don't have the gamer's best interest in mind. They have their bottom line in mind. And Jeff Keighley was very outspoken about when Hideo Kojima, who is the director of um, the Metal Gear Solid series, was fired from uh, Konami uh, for having differences in development. And luck luckily, Hideo Kojima is doing great with Death Stranding. Um, it, he, but Jeff was like very outspoken about it when they pre they prevented Hideo Kojima from accepting an award that year for Metal Gear Solid Five. I think this was 2016, 17. I can't remember. At the but, Game uh, Awards or E3? I think this was at the Game Awards. Okay. But Jeff Jeff is definitely he definitely participates in the Game Awards a lot, and he was he's being being very outspoken about it and he like i said he's like a crusader for the for the gaming and um it just shocked everyone that he said i'm not going to be there it just goes to show like is e3 really that big of a deal anymore or is it just i don't know is, I, is it is it worth anyone's time i think it started with uh was it, <clears throat> i could be wrong uh I don't know a crazy amount about this, but uh, I think it all started with Sony pulling out. Wasn't it last year they pulled out for the first time and they're doing it again this year? Yeah. Right? Like, I think Nintendo was like the first big one that was like, we're not going to do anything uh, that's true. That's true. anymore. And they started doing their Nintendo directs, which are great. Like if you want to oh, check yeah. up on Nintendo stuff, go watch the YouTube Nintendo directs. But Sony, yeah, like you said, so Sony participated or backed out and now they're doing their own kind of nintendo direct and i think other companies are starting to follow suit hmm. you know the one thing i do uh well at least have uh read and it, and it seems to be the case um and, and a little bit of my guess is uh well for a while it was always open to the public and then it would then they closed it off to just like uh I don't know what you would call it. Journalists. Yeah, journalists and, you know, GameStop employees and whatnot. And I guess they opened it up to public public again. But I remember seeing something somewhere where it was talking about how it was just a lot of it at the booths were made up of people, paid people who would go there and play the games at the booths and praise it to no end. 
you know, just to make it look better than it was. So I don't know if it has anything to do with people kind of knowing that and finding out and thinking maybe maybe that's the sort of shady business that he that maybe uh, Jeff is referring to. But yeah, I'm not I'm not too I'm quite sure exactly what's going on there. So what is E3 Coliseum? Is I think that's the new? main it's I think that's like the main showcase where they they have like the big contenders up and they they show off like the big hitters for the next year, I believe. Oh, so so I'm so is he he's not going to E3 but he's still producing E3 Coliseum, is that correct? Is that- no, he's not going to be there and he won't be the host. So he oh, okay. he produces I think he produces the the game awards but I don't think he produces E3. I just think he hosts the E3 Coliseum. Hmm. Um so but he like I said like I think his his decline to go might be an indicator of like what's coming up for the game coming out in 2020 like maybe either they're not that great or there's some kind of I don't know, some kind of business aspect going on in the background that he knows about that he doesn't like that maybe he yeah. he's declining to to participate in like he's kind of taking a stand on it. Yeah, that's interesting. Huh. Well, yeah, yeah. You, you need people like that to stand up to things like that because there's not many who will do it. Yeah. We need more of them actually. Like we need more like angry joes. We need more we need more um you know Jeff Keeley's and stuff like that because if they don't do it like we can I think the gamers we we can vote with our wallet but look how well that's going you know yeah. like like it works sometimes it work it doesn't work other times like Anthem Anthem was like this big hype game and they're like oh there's you know it's going to be great and then the gamers saw it they didn't like it and now it's tanking so like I think it just takes the game to tank and, and gamers to be really angry before they realize like oh crap we screwed up or yeah. like the Warcraft Three Reforged debacle that we were talking about last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it takes you either basically like a complete fuck up, or I, I don't even know. Like, because sometimes gamers will just buy it regardless because they just love the franchise. Yeah, they definitely will. Absolutely. I just thought it was it was interesting to talk about, and it's a it's a big red flag. I always look for red flags. And uh, I mean, I don't watch the E3s all that much. I kind of just wait for all the info to come out and I kind of see what's coming, like what's what's good. But uh, uh, it doesn't look promising. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. um, I want to beat the dead horse on this one. Let's see. um, The next the the next one. This is more fun for me because I actually saw this movie on Friday. So I get to talk about it. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog pips Detective Pikachu to record box open, uh, office opening. Um, so basically, Sonic the Hedgehog has been doing very well in the box office. Um, in their first weekend, they pulled in around $57 million. That's pretty good. Compared to Detective Pikachu, which was over the past summer, they raked in about 50, $54.3 million in their first weekend. So, like, Sonic's doing really, really well. They might. And I'm really, really happy to, that uh, <laughs> that's the case because if you guys saw the news about Sonic, uh, I would say, like, maybe five, six months ago when they were t- 
talking about like releasing it with that god awful mm-hmm. CG face. Holy no, crap, yeah. they made the right the call. Teeth. The teeth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the teeth. <laughs> it was the weird. eyes. It was the the eyes, eyes were nightmare fuel. Eyes. Just look at it. <laughs> you, you stare into his soul and there's nothing. Yeah, they, they must oh have done something right now. Uh, you know, I haven't seen it, Chris. I don't say too much about it, but uh, um, they, they must have done something right about it because you look, look at P- Pokemon. Look how po- insanely popular it is, both uh, uh, in Japan and here in the West. And and uh, and then you got something like Sonic, where uh, you know people people know him. You know, he's still in the balloons and the parades, uh, I believe. And uh, now you got you know. I almost want to say, I don't, what do you think, Chris? Do you think Jim Carrey <laughs> carried the movie? Um, at least for me, he did. Okay, but I'll I'll go into more like on, on like like what it's about later. But yeah, did, Jim Carrey did a good job. Great, yeah, that's awesome. It's a pretty big see- movie for Ben Schwartz too. That's like I haven't really seen him in many things outside of uh, wasn't he in Parks and Recs? Parks Parks and Recs. He's probably done some voiceover work. On other things, oh but... yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. Um, oh, uh, he does one of the voices of Hugh Dewey and Louie in the in the re- remake of Ducktales, I believe. Ah, so he's uh, he's out there. Yeah, that's good for him. That's a good movie to be a good franchise to be a part of. But they're going to keep making them. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. It definitely seems like they will because, like, I'm not going to spoil or like spoil anything, but they're definitely setting up for another movie. Oh, if, nice. you, if you watch the end credits nice. so if you're if you're a fan of this movie you know you have more to look forward to i'm um i'm kind of on the fence about it about the movie like i saw it and it was a, it was a solid movie um the 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 comedy was really good in this and the the acting was really good like i said before that um jim carrey did an awesome job as dr robotnik he he just he plays like an asshole so well <laughs> I, I don't I, he's so he good at it Ace Ventura and Lloyd from Dumb and yeah he's been so he's pretty good at it <laughs> yeah think like think Ace Ventura and his quirkiness but like just turn it up about like five notches nice. and you you got like Dr. Robotnik this is this guy who's just thinks he's the smartest thing on the planet he is the smartest thing on the planet but he's really really arrogant about it and he doesn't think anyone else is on his level so he just talks down to you <laughs> um and then you got like the kind like, the mask kind of like his little antics with the ma- in the mask where like he like moves really oddly yeah and stuff like that. If they ever do a mask <laughs> two like an official mask two, not with uh, what's his name Jamie Fox or not Jamie Fox. Uh, God, you know, the mask two is awful. Like the actual mask two. But if they ever do a remake or a new one with Jim Carrey as the mask again, yes, please. Sure. I didn't even know they made a mask too. That's so weird. They made it's a really one? bad. Wait, it's so it's bad. Jim Carrey. No, 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 no. Oh, well, yeah, I can't remember his name, terrible. but it, did, it it just didn't do well. Did it go to like? Did it go straight to video, or was it actually like in movie theaters? Somehow I missed uh, that. I don't know, but I hope it goes oh, straight to hell because. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was the second one. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Jamie yeah. Kennedy. That's it. He, uh, he he just couldn't he couldn't bring the whole Jim Carrey like comedy antics wow. into it. It just didn't work. But um, but now, the, so anyway, so the so Sonic um, 
I really like again. I like the movie. I think it's a solid kids film. Like if if you have kids, they're gonna love it. As a gamer, it's cool to see Sonic on the big screen and like whoever uh, what's his name again who plays his voice ben he's the schwartz. voice actor ben schwartz he does a really good job as sonic because you need that like kind of kind of like sarcastic kind of snooty but like a good guy kind of character to play sonic um but as, as a gamer i don't recommend it because it doesn't have much of sonic's lore other than here's sonic Here's Dr. Robotnik. They have they have some things sprinkled around like like the the town he's in is called Green Hills, uh, which but the, it's in real life, though, like like Sonic's existing on Earth. But it's not like the actual Green Hills like in the game. Right. It's just it's Earth Green Hills, which it, it's kind of odd. And then they have like little like Sonic songs sprinkled throughout the movie, like you can hear in the background if you pick that out. Um, but they don't. The one thing I wish they'd talk more about with Sonic is like his his origin because you you never really you don't really understand like how does Sonic have his powers? Where does he come from? Like I don't yeah. even the games they don't talk about anything anything remotely that close to like where he comes from. He's just there. Here's mm-hmm. Sonic. Here's his place. He's got the big bad guy coming after him, and that's it. And that's what it kind of feels like here. It's just like you took Sonic, threw him in the real world, you know, and have. Dr. Robotnik fuck with him. Wait, I would have rathered... He, Go ahead. Does he at least have yellow rings that he collects? <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because in the movie, I don't want to like, spoil too much, but like he he has all of his rings on him already. Like, okay, he, so the rings are there. The rings are there. So like he has the rings. Even though like in the games, they don't really have much purpose other than like he, he gets teleported to a like a special stage or he collects them for like power. Well, like don't the rings like make him go super? Isn't that the yeah. thing? Uh the K- think you're, they, you're thinking yeah. of Chaos Emeralds. Right? Uh, yeah. Oh, you're right. Because you're chaos the rings are technically just like his one health. Like as long as he has yeah. a ring, he can't die. Yeah. And it, do they make him run faster too? I don't remember. No. I no, it's uh, like when no. he gets hit. Yeah, when he gets hit, you loses all the rings. So it's like you got to go get him back so you don't die. Yeah, right. his health. Yeah. In the movie, they're just um, a source of him being able to transport to different worlds. So like he'll use them to escape people or or get to a different area using the rings. But they're like very wrong. important to him. It's not wrong, it's not wrong way, per but, se, uh, but I mean, it's not like. I you, you do see some like I, I I knew that much from watching the trailer, but uh, yeah, I don't know how they would implement that because it was kind of just like a side thing that you you that side thing that you did in the game compared to in the movie. It's like well, unless they actually explained it, but whatever. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, as a gamer, I would love to just see a Sonic like if you took Sonic the game and just made it into a full movie. Of some sort, I would like that more than like Sonic interacting with with Jim Carrey, if that makes sense. Even though Jim Carrey did a really good job, if he voice acted uh, like a three D animated Doctor Robotnik, that would have been gold, mm-hmm. pure yeah, gold. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they always seem to do this with like gaming movies these days, where they just I don't know if it's like a budget kind of thing, or they just want to like pay actors, or actors want to show their their likeness more. I don't know. But they're always like, here's a video game character with real life people. 
or I don't just mo- most video game movies don't seem to do well. And like, while this is doing really, really well and I appreciate it, I don't, as a gamer, I want a little bit more, a li- just a, just a bit more, you know? Sure. Yeah. I think, I think detective Pikachu as a gamer a movie for gamers was better than Sonic, but Sonic had better um, writing and better comedy. Hmm. That's good to know. Cause I do plan yeah. on seeing it. Yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts later on and, you know, get your opinion. Sure. But I, maybe I'm overly critical, but I, I just think it's a it's more of a kid's movie than for gamers. But I think mm-hmm. gamers will get a kick out of it if you can see it at like like a five dollar movie like I did. Oh, sure. wow. I would I wouldn't pay 14 for it or whatever yeah. much, you know, like a full ticket. Like wait for Redbox, but do do support it if you can. Sure. You know what I always really wanted to I always thought would be really awesome would be if like if somebody did a Pokemon game, but it was like almost like Batman, like the Dark Knight series where it's like really dark and like actually like <laughs> real danger involved and like you're catching these wild animals and like <laughs> fight, making them fight and stuff like that. Like I feel like there's like an element of that that should be like way more ominous and dark then it's like super it's like super like bright colors and fun but like if someone did like a an alternative that i thought that would always be like super interesting the fans have always wanted this um like to play a version of pokemon where instead of being like a pokemon trainer going to beat the gyms and become the champion they want to be team rocket or the or the team rocket like and they they're the evil team who's trying to stop the champion from becoming the champion yeah you know, so very interesting yeah it's that thing where you get older and you love a like a kid series and then you want to experience it as an adult but you can't because it's it's a kid series at its heart you know exactly yeah yeah so and our final article for today um alex this i think you might enjoy this a lot um so our our alma mater Kutztown University unveils esports gaming arena. So I thought this was funny. Like a a, uh, a full blown state college has got the funding to build a. Well, they, I think they already built it. Um, they put two hundred fifty thousand dollars into building a gaming arena in their campus, promoting pro gaming. Yeah, it's awesome. I actually heard about this. I was like watching the news one day and I saw this. I was like, what? Kutztown is an esports <laughs> facility? I was like, it kind of blew my mind. But I mean, I think it's, I mean, like, there's like high schools that are doing it now and stuff like that. And, you know, the really? First, really? Yeah. I, like, this is like, as research, I've been reading a lot about this stuff. And like, yeah, like, there's high school teams that are starting to like create high school leagues. And, um, and it was interesting because, like, even though it's associated with sports, a lot of them actually like they're not entirely sure like whether it should be considered a sport or like just like part of the um, computer science program that they run or something like that. So they're like they're still trying to like figure it out a little bit, just like everything else with you know esports essentially. But um, yeah, dude, I think it's cool. I remember Lehigh also has a team. I heard, um, and you know Temple has a team and um, nice. And does oh, Penn and way. some of these other couple? Yeah, there's a pretty interesting documentary. Um, a buddy of mine, another producer here in the city, they did. Um, it's like on NBC Sports or something, and it's like a documentary, and they do a lot with covering college gaming. So 
but I'm glad I saw it's trickled down to Kutztown. That's it's pretty cool. I'll have to go get like a Kutztown esports <laughs> shirt or something like that. Like <laughs> <laughs> that'd be cool. I mean, I wish this stuff was there when I was there. You know, I know when we were man. there. Yeah, that'd you be know, cool, that's man. what I was like. Really? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I know. What a time to be, you know, a teenager right now and to get up into that when you get to college. Oh, that's the thing. Like we like. I think, like, our, at least our generation a little bit older, we're, like, the pioneers in terms of getting gaming to be more widely accepted in, in society, where, yeah. like, the people who are younger than us, they're finally kind of, like, reaping the, like, reaping the, I don't know, the, the rewards of that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I could I, say, yeah, like, I could see, yeah, for sure, yeah, because you're right. I mean, that this is pioneering in itself because just it wasn't that many years ago that in the 80s if you were in high school if anyone found out you played video games uh, you were considered a nerd and you got made fun of and you got beat up and and now look where <laughs> we are now you know almost like 35 years later and uh and, and this is what it's become so for sure yeah you're you definitely hit it on the head there chris because um they are they are benefiting from from not having to deal with so much this social stigma not there but it, it's more indoctrinated where when they grow the, the younger kids when they grow up it's just that that, that that's just reality there's no questioning yeah. this is just exactly. what I do yeah it's it's super interesting I... go ahead uh, uh it's super interesting also because i was like looking back and like colleges in the past have actually, they were actually the ones who made competitive gaming like a thing. I think like the first mm-hmm. ever competitive yep. tournament was like, it was like, what was it? Uh, Space Invaders or something like that. And like the winner won a subscription to Rolling Stone magazine or something like that. And that's like, all oh, really? Like, yeah. And they just filled up this room with computers. And so it's interesting. It's like it's always something that's always been there. And obviously, like you're a kid in college, what else are you going to do when you have like, I don't know, if you're not out partying, you're not doing school, you're usually just hanging around your dorm rooms and gaming's like always involved for sure. So mm-hmm. interesting for sure. I'm I'm like super jealous of my son when he gets old enough. He'll he'll have like everything that I've always wanted. Like I think I'm doing pretty well with what I got now, but like he's going to have like all the things you you know I can't like what's Twitch gonna look like in fifteen twenty years or whatever t- overtakes Twitch or just gaming consoles like what what are they gonna pull out like that far in the future Oh yeah like this is this is gonna be the norm exactly. if not more so like they're gonna have state they've already I don't know if you heard about this Alex that the uh, with um, Overwatch the Philadelphia Fusion team they're they're building like an overwatch stadium in philly oh, yeah i know all about it Jeez. i live right up the street from it uh, or I got, oh nice yeah i was like actually talking to some nerd street guys the other day that were mentioning uh, i had asked them i was like they said they're supposed to already break ground like very they're supposed to break ground on that really really soon um so yeah that should be happening you're and right he, next door. Yeah. Holy yeah. crap. <laughs> There's your research, Alex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, like, honey, I'm going to the game not for research. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you talk to anybody, by the way? At, um, have you talked to any of the Philly Fusion guys? For no, but I got, to, I got to meet some of the Houston Outlaw dudes. Um, oh, cool. They, they were really cool. Um, they seemed into it. 
I sent them the link to the pilot. I didn't hear back from them, but I think their season's just starting or something like that. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I know like the Overwatch League, it's like the scheduling's weird. I'm not entirely familiar with how it breaks down. I think they play like weird quarters throughout the season or something like that. Um, but yeah, so I got to meet them and yeah, definitely got to hear some of their stories and it, it you get it just lined up again with like kind of like what we were trying to do. So I feel I felt a little vindicated, you know, after talking with them about we were on the right path and again with you guys too. Definitely. Great. Well, that concludes the news section and sadly the podcast. I know. <laughs> I love talking <laughs> with you guys. This is great. <laughs> we'll have more for next week. Um, definitely. Um, to close out, so for next week or the next podcast, um, the topic of discussion will be um, uh, video game characters and their impact on gamers and the gaming economy. So I came up with this idea on basically um, how single video game characters, um, it doesn't matter whether they're a bad guy or they're a good guy or, or just like an NPC, like some side character. Um, people latch onto them for whatever reason and it, it shapes their, like their buying um, choices, like in terms of like, oh, I really, really love this character. I want to buy more of their games because I love this character so much. Or, or the character could be so just unlikable that they're like, I'm never playing this game again. So I just thought it was interesting to maybe discuss that. And I wanted to get my, my, me and my co-host to discuss our own video game character, like our favorite ones, and, and discuss like why they impact us so much and, and why we choose to buy their games. So I think that will be a fun discussion for next time. Yeah, looking forward to it. I, I know we've discussed this before, Seth, but I think it'll be more fun to kind of get a, like an official on-air version. Yeah, we actually have to oh, think yeah. about it rather than just in the car, just discussing. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I love that character. I love that character. <laughs> we'll have a. We'll be more structured. Yeah, yeah. Um, got a few in mind. I'm sure, you can guess some of them already. <laughs> <laughs> of you guys, I I really thank you for coming on and and joining me for Frog Talk and and Alex especially. Really, really big thank you for coming on and allowing me to use my uh my platform to kind of discuss your your project and we hope for a really really great um uh you know time working on that like hopefully it goes really really well and you get the funding because we want to see it yes, yeah for sure yeah I, I, I appreciate you guys bringing me on and it was a lot of fun yeah. awesome well where can we where can people go to to reach you or to follow you if they want to uh, see more Okay, if you want, yeah. If the, anyone wants to see more, you can follow Team Squid Inc. on Twitch, or you can uh, on Instagram. You can follow me. Um, my Instagram handle is director underscore afr. And either way, um, if you have any questions or want to reach out and talk more about it, I'd be happy to do so. So, Team Squid Inc. on Twitch, director afr on Instagram. And Seth, I know you don't have your your gamer tag or your your Switch ID number written on your arm, but if people oh, want to to, to play today. with you, <laughs> <laughs> you just get a tattoo of it on your wrist or sure. something. Just have it. 
well, where can people go to play with you if they'd like to, to play? Because I know you say you don't really do social media too much, but if they want to follow you, where can they oh, follow you? Oh, they can just find me on PlayStation if they really want. But I'm not really too much on that. But you can find me pretty much anywhere because I use the same screen name for everything. It's Sparked here. Um, I really should look up my ID because that'd probably be the better place if, if uh, is, uh, for Smash, if anyone wanted to play Smash or whatever. So, yep, that's where you can find me. And of course, you can follow me at the Frog Soul. That's Frog with a PH, not an F. Gets people confused sometimes. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so again, thank you all for, for tuning in. Um, and we'll see you on the next Frog Talk episode. Have a okay. great week. Yep. See you all guys. Right. Bye. Bye bye.